and um, please, uh, I'll, I'll talk for a little while, and uh, if you have a question or a comment or something you'd like to add, please do so. Um, I'd like to talk today on, um, so it seems like a scene that we're approaching Christmas, what does uh, giving and receiving um, mean in the context of Zen practice? Shunru Suzuki, uh, a, a, a Japanese Zen teacher who came to the West in the 70s, used to always begin his Dharma talks by saying, Good evening, Bodhisattvas. So I'll say, good morning, Bodhisattvas, and um, welcome to the Promised Land. Um, you are all, all sitting very beautifully this, in the first sit this morning, just like little Bodhisattvas. <laughs> um, in the, uh, in the, uh, the Zen tradition, um, of course, a, a, a bodhisattva is someone who commits their life to um, relieving the suffering of all beings, and um, as well as uh, themselves, hopefully. Uh, on the understanding that in Zen practice, the main principle that one is all and all is one. Um, there are two, like in, in Zen practice with the Rinzai and Soto schools, um, the Rinzai school puts a lot of emphasis on um, what's called having an initial realization of oneness. Um, um, what's referred to often in Japanese as Kensho or Satori. Um, and um, often the, um, a koan like Mu is used as an introductory koan and it's used as a focus in meditation uh, to uh, eventually come to this a direct experiential realization of the oneness. And, um, and that's seen as the beginning of Zen practice um, and how we then personify that realization in our daily in our daily life is is our practice for the rest of our life. Um, in our school, in the ordinary mind school, there's there's, there's less emphasis placed on having a a Kensho experience or an initial opening, although that can sometimes happen. And it's, in, and it's different for every person. Um, you know, just, just having that sense of, um, you know, when, we, when we're breathing, that there's a sense in which I'm not doing the breathing, the breathing's breathing me. Just, just, just little insights like that are little openings or gateways into the, the, the absolute fact or the essential fact that we're not separate from the universe, that each one of us is a, a manifestation of the universe and in the same way that the mountain is not separate from the earth and the earth is not separate from the universe. Um, 
but you know, a person can experience these uh, these oneness experiences um, just naturally. Uh, some people can have them spontaneously. Some people can have them through intensive hours of meditation practice. Some people may have experienced those kinds of things through various psychotropic plants. Um, but like most things in life, those, those experiences, like everything in life, those experiences are transient and they wear off and we come back to our usual sense of how we are in the world with others. So um, in our practice we put a lot of emphasis on, on, on that, um, with the understanding of course that we are not separate and we are one. But the universe we usually find ourselves inhabiting is the them and us universe, the, what we might call the relative universe as opposed to the absolute universe of oneness. And um, so giving and receiving uh, from an absolute perspective, from the perspective of the oneness of everything, then it's all about giving and receiving. Um, when we give from an absolute perspective, we receive at the same time because there is in fact no giver and no receiver in one sense, in the sense that the giver is the receiver and the receiver is the giver. And um, so that kind of sense of as we give, we receive, though, is something that we can actually, I think, get a sense of in the relative universe, in the universe that we inhabit. You know, um, we often have a sense of uh, a mutual reciprocity in relationships and a sort of cycle of giving and receiving. Um, you know, I. I a relationship, whether it's a relationship with a partner, a marriage relationship, relationships with work colleagues. The dynamics of, of giving and receiving are often very much at the heart of either a harmonious relationship or a conflictual relationship. And every relationship is going to have moments of conflict. and misunderstanding and um, and judgments of fairness or unfairness and often those judgments of unfairness and fairness often can come down to a sense of hey I think I'm giving more here and you're taking more um, and um, this is something I and I, I want to express my appreciation for my wife Annie who um, as you know is not a Zen practitioner and uh, I sometimes struggle with the amount of time I devote to Zen practice and um, she um, often puts in quite a lot of, of, of time in terms of her giving in terms of I say okay we're having Zen Saturday mornings and, and um, you know she'll do a lot of cleaning and so oh, I was going to do that, love, you know, don't, you know, cleaning the laundry. No, she's already done it. And um, so I want to express my sense of appreciation to Annie for that. Um, but in our relationship, you know, at times we can get caught up in, in um, 
who's been giving more and who's been you know, taking more. And I think that's, that would be quite, in my practice as a counsellor, something which is quite universal. And um, I think in our Zen practice, what, what we can take the opportunity to do when sitting, on, when sitting in meditation on our cushions or our chairs, we start off by, what does it mean to give ourselves fully and completely to Zazen? Um, and, you know, in, in the same way as we might experience resistance coming up to actually giving ourselves 100% completely away to Zazen, um, in the same way we can experience that sense of resistance to giving in every aspect of our lives. So, um, so when, when we're doing our sitting practice, it's not like um, um, something separate to everyday life. It, is, it actually it's a great training for actually saying, well, I'm going to sit for 20 minutes or I'm going to sit for 30 minutes or longer and just going kind to of give myself totally to that, and to the Zazen, and then see the resistance that comes up to that, in whatever form that might take, such as you know, getting distracted in thinking about something, or the urge to move, uh, or the urge to actually not complete the sitting, whatever it might be. Um, and then when we get off our cushion, the sense of how we're always in relationship how we give ourselves to that relationship that we're in, whether that relationship is a relationship to cooking, cleaning, um, driving the car, um, whatever kind of work we do, how we give ourselves 100% to each task in the day as it comes along. And, um, and I think if we can connect connect our everyday giving to our Zazen practice. It, it is actually a good um, way of looking after ourselves, of taking care of ourselves and preventing burnout. Um, the sense in which each moment of our day is the opportunity for, for giving and, 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 and then seeing how the reverse, the flip side of the giving is, is the receiving. So how we can also open to receiving. Um, in the same way as there's a resistance to giving, there can be a resistance to receiving. And um, so everything that comes, you can, we can see from one moment to the next in our lives as a gift that we receive. And we can, we can receive this gift 100% with an open heart, or we can push the gifts away. Uh, you know, like maybe it's easier to receive the gift of a, a lovely bird singing in the morning when we wake up, you know, the sunlight shining through the window, lovely warm bowl of porridge. I mean, these are beautiful gifts that I think are reasonably easy to receive. Um, but sometimes the gifts that we receive can come in, of course, other forms. It can come in the form of disappointment, for example. And how do we receive the gift of disappointment? And how do we 100% accept that gift? Um, is also important as we 
do our, take our practice into our everyday lives. Um, so, um, the universe is changing moment by moment, both subjectively, objectively, the in and the outer coming one. And we have no control over that constant process of change. And as that constant process of change is happening, we're, both, we're giving and receiving, giving and receiving. It's responding to the call of the universe all the time, moment by moment. So each moment is the opportunity to see where our resistance is coming to either giving or receiving. Um, sometimes in my therapy practice, um, I introduce clients to you know, various forms of what in Buddhism is called metta practice. It's a kind of loving kindness, which is directed towards the self. You've probably come across that in your travels where you might say, may I be, may I be well, may I be happy, may I accept myself you know, completely. Well, we're, we're trying to cultivate a sense of compassion you know, towards ourselves. And, you know, it's not unusual for people to have a great deal of difficulty, a barrier or a resistance to actually receiving that sense of compassion for themselves. And, um, and of course, the origins of this are often quite, quite deep and in terms of human relationships. And if people have received um, unkind treatment from people who were meant to be loving and caring, then often that sense of receiving love or receiving compassion is not always something that's, that's easy to open up to. Not easy to open the heart to receiving compassion and love. Um, because there's always a, some underlying fear or anxiety around, are we going to get abused, exploited, or used in some way? And um, Giving and receiving. The, um, the traditional four vows that are recited in Zen Buddhist practice are the, um, the four great vows of the Bodhisattva vows. And the first one being, you know, the many beings are numberless, I vow to save them. And that, so there's that sense in which uh, it's an impossible task to save all beings, but when you come from the absolute perspective, where the, the one is all and all is one, then each moment is that opportunity to fully give ourselves, to fully save all beings, moment by moment. The second vow is um, greed, hatred, ignorance rise endlessly. So the sense in which all the barriers of separation that we experience all the resistance to giving of ourselves completely. We can experience those in an average, average day. If we pay, bring our awareness to the subtle ways in which the barriers to giving come up, uh, we can see it might not be hate, but it certainly sometimes will manifest as irritability or anger even. And we can just practice with that on a day-to-day -day basis, and that's practicing with the second vow. Um, the third vow is, um, and Dharma gates are countless, and, um, and, and opening up to the Dharma gates. Dharma gates are, a Dharma gate is any moment of reality. It could be a sound, it could be visual, it could be 
a phrase, a word, a, a connection with someone. All these Dharma gates are constantly opening moment by moment in our life. Again, it's a chance to give ourselves totally to that moment. And the fourth one, in, uh, Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to embody it completely. And then the question is, well, who is the Buddha? Often the question is asked in most Zen koans, the question is really, what is Buddha? And the answer is, you are Buddha. And so it's, it's about, as we let go of all these barriers to giving and receiving, we experience ourselves as just this, just this, just this. We don't have to change ourselves in any way. We just, we already are perfect as that morning star that shines in the morning when the uh, Shakyamuni Buddha had his realization. He was no different to that morning star. Fundamentally, we are all one. We're all complete, not lacking in anything. So who is the Buddha? We're all little Buddhas sitting here and uh, reflecting each other's Buddhahood. So may your Christmas be full of lots of giving and receiving. Thank you.